Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Authentic Messengers. My name is Catherine Van Wetter and I will be your host today. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, I have been interviewing different authors from my new book, Life Sparks. All of these interviews have been archived, so if you miss one, you can go to www.blogtalk forward slash authentic messengers. Um, please also see us on Facebook under Authentic Messengers and leave a comment, a thumbs up. And if you have anybody in mind who you think may be a good interview, please go ahead and have them contact us. It's been a while since I've done this show with being sick and having computer issues, and it's nice to be back doing it again as we come on this beautiful day of Valentine's Day. So thank you for joining me today. Today I my guest is Leia, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, Shoshana Ray, who is a former lawyer, new, uh, now spiritual healer, teacher, and angel commuter, com- communicator. Her mission is to find heaven on earth and help others to do so with the assistance of angels. She has developed a new modality called stellar healing given to her by her angels in which the client gains a different perspective on an issue connects to expansive star energy and moves into a creative flow towards a solution. She teaches classes on listening to angels, the Enneagram as a tool for inner wisdom, and other sacred mystery topics. So welcome. Thank you for joining me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. And it's Lilia. <laughs> I think Lilia, I am so sorry. Sometimes <laughs> okay. the words don't come quite quite come out. It's the humanness of doing this work. So I'm curious, having been a lawyer and now stepping into doing the kind of work that you do, how did you make that transition? Well, it did take me a while. Um, I had to figure out how I could make that switch. Um, So it took me at least 15, 16 years. And uh, once the angels entered my life, I definitely wanted to make that switch. But I had three young children that I was raising on my own. And so um, I needed to be able to provide for them and get them through college and all that. So I stayed with the legislative lawyer work for those years. And and then I just decided... It was time to do this work full-time because the angels really wanted me to get my book done, get the message out there, connect people with their angels. and um, So they're working with me to make it work. <laughs> wow. And having faith that everything will unfold perfectly when you surrender to stepping into a new way of providing for yourself. Congratulations on making that. that so many people only dream of doing. Right. And um, it's, it's usually not easy. And sometimes, I mean, I had to just take steps along the way. I did what I could when I was working full time. And then I took a period. I tried to retire in 2010 and do this. And I didn't. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing, including how to publish my book. So thankfully, 
they needed me back and took me back on a part-time basis so then I could spend the time that I wasn't doing that work um, finishing my book and learning how to have a healing teaching practice. So. Wow. So can you tell our audience when the first time was that you experienced angels and what that was like for you? It was in 1997, so it was a while ago, and it was a total surprise for me because I didn't know anybody who communicated with angels. But I had had two significant heartbreaks within a year, and I was just devastated. And in trying to make sense of what was happening to me, feeling really unlovable, and, you know, just like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, I was just walking at lunch, trying to make sense, get my mind clear so that I could go back and do the work that I needed to do. And I heard a voice, and I actually saw this image. And, you know, it's just, to, every time I tell this story, it's just amazing to me that I had that, because I don't have these kinds of visuals that often, but I heard a voice telling me that I was going to be okay, and the visual was a little being in a dark suit and a fedora sitting on my left shoulder. And (laughs) I said, okay, and who are you? (laughs) And he said, I'm your guardian angel, Harry. And he said other comforting things, and so... I felt reassured, although it was very weird and I didn't quite know what to make of it. And then a couple days later, again, I'm still dealing with feelings around the heartbreak and taking walks to clear my head, and I felt another energy on my right side, and I didn't have the distinct visual for that one, but um, I did hear again, comforting messages that I was going to be okay and that I was lovable and that reassurance. So at some point I said, do you have a name? (laughs) And he said, Michael. Now, I knew of Archangel Michael, but I had no concept that, uh, you know, he came in and uh, talked to people in modern times knew him from the Bible, and really I just had no uh, personal um, connection to anybody who had had those kinds of experiences. So thankfully there were a number of books out, and I was able to read some, and and uh, one in particular helped me figure out a way to write and ask a question and then listen for the answer, and I just sat at my computer and... um, typed out the answer, and the answers always felt like they were coming from a different place than where my thoughts come from. It's hard to explain, <laughs> but, you know, it just felt different. And so I kept working with that, and I found some people I could talk to. I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody at work, but uh, there were some people at the Unity Church I was going to, and talk to them and with the books that I was able to feel like I wasn't going crazy. (laughs) 
So uh, that's how they came in, and they have continued to work with me. There are times that I have uh, just gotten busy and away from them, but any time I come back and ask for help or just ask to communicate, they're there um, ready and willing. I had a, a question for you, and thank you so much for sharing that and being candid with your answer. Sometimes when people go through really hard times, um, they often talk about having visitations from angels, from guides and guardians. How does someone separate the thoughts? Because you alluded to that a little bit, that it was a little different than your thoughts. How does someone separate from the thoughts that they're having and or something coming from the angelic realm? There's usually a different feel to it, and the, the the words are not what I would typically say. They're not that different, but um, they're just, it, it just feels like it's coming from a different place. Having said that, I, I do feel it's important to go through a discernment process anytime there is that type of experience mm-hmm. because, you know, we can, uh, our egos play games on us, so it's important to discern whether it's our ego getting, you know, trying to get us to do something or um, whether it is an angelic being one that it has our best interest at heart and we can usually feel the love along with the message. Mm-hmm. So plus you got those cute little figures. <laughs> the visuals. <laughs> which was nice. I'm I'm wondering with with people it's in lieu of what's happening now with people adjusting to a new administration and, and so much polarization happening and so many people being in fear. Why do you think or how do you think that your work is so important right now when, when people seem to be so much in fear and anxious and perhaps not listening to their inner wisdom, let alone to the guardians and angels who can support them? Well, um, because angels are such loving beings, if we open up our hearts to them, we can't help but receive that love and encouragement for how to deal with any hard times. And it's my personal practice to try to turn my attention away from something that is causing fear and finding a way back to loving thoughts and um, and that helps so mm. now more than ever it's it's we need people like you who can who can help folks Remember, yeah, and, and that brings me up to. Well, yes. one one interesting comment I got. I had um, 
have been giving some what I call angel play shops where bringing people together to you know tell my story but also so that they can share their stories and whether or not they're experienced or novices they can have some idea and um that others are having those experiences and then how to sustain them. But someone made the comment, it's like angels can be unifying to us when we feel so divided because Mm -hmm. almost all religions believe in them. (laughs) So um, we don't have to, they're not a source of separation for us. They can join us together if we would allow them. And and that they yeah. want us to uh, break down the the um, barriers between us. The, I'm the, sure they're the, working. Judgments. Yes. I'm sure they're working overtime <laughs> these days. And they're encouraging people. Pre- <laughs> right. They are mm-hmm. working. And, and they're encouraging people like me to step up and tell, you know, a told my story and they also gave me a process to share in the book so that others can open up more fully to the angels who are working with them because even if we're not opening up they're they're there <laughs> they're trying to get through well I would love to talk to you about what your process is and before we do that, to um, ask what motivated you to write your book in the first place. Okay. Well, when the angels came through, and because of my, you know, it being so new to me, and and because I was a lawyer, which seemed kind of weird that it would happen to me that way, um, I just thought that somebody would that people would benefit from hearing my stories. So I had the idea. I didn't start writing anything until about 2008. And I did, when I wrote, I didn't know anything about uh, how to write this type of a book and how how to get it published or anything. So I just wrote. And it was inspired writing. And I think I got better as a writer by doing it and then editing it and then redoing it and refocusing. And so it took me a while to get to this point. I had a larger idea of a book because around the concept with um, working with angels, it's learning how we can bring heavenly qualities into this earth plane as well and so I had a larger idea in mind and then I was guided to focus on the angel pieces and they gave me the title The Art of Listening to Angels mm-hmm. so, and when you talk about inspired writing was that coming more as a flow through you rather than you orchestrating it and structuring yeah. it that way. When I started writing in 2008, I would just sit down at my computer and a focus would come in mind and the words would flow. And it was quite magical. Sometimes it, it would be a synchronicity that I would, in meditation, 
oh, I'm going to write about divine order. And then I happened to see a publication for that day. Those were the words. And things like that would happen as I would write. So it was very... um, If I had known about... I, I didn't read any blogs. I didn't really know about blogging. It would have been a great series of blogs <laughs> but um, it was just my own writing and I thought I could compile them in a book but it uh, it was just good practice yeah well good and so what do with all your wisdom and knowledge around angels what do angels most want us to know and you alluded a little bit to it Right. Earlier. Well, they they want us to know that they are available, that they're accessible, that they want to help us, and that in working with them, we will open up to more love in our lives, more wisdom. And they there's something different around connecting with the angels and it it has some of the qualities of going into meditation or prayer and yet it's like you build a relationship and so you it's like having a really good friend in the unseen world mm. who who loves you and who can help you and who can kind of give you an inspired thought that you might not have come up with on your own. Um, so, But they, they do want us to know that they're there and they they want to help us. And um, we start by asking. That's the first step of the, the process. Are they different than the ancestors and those who came before us or... Yes and no. Uh, in that, in that, um, from anything I've read and anything I've experienced, they were created with a different purpose. I mean, there's a, a body of understanding now that there are angels that do incarnate, or at least. There are human beings that incarnate with angel energy, but you know the more pure form uh, of angels haven't incarnated in human form. Having said that, the, the ancestors there, are, I think many who are in spirit also want to help us, mm-hmm. and. So there is also a benefit to doing that. In my mind, it requires greater discernment just because um, those who have been in human form are at different levels of consciousness. So we want to connect with those who are at the higher levels of consciousness and have our best in mind for helping us. Mm. Yeah, it's it's 
interesting it's interesting where people feel comfortable to ask for assistance and you mentioned earlier about how all the different religions churches etc have similarities in that they believe in the angels and the angels are very much a part of their practice and in some ways i i look at how ancestors have sometimes gotten a bad rap um especially if if people have had difficulty with family members and yet wondering, you know, once they go over to the other realms, the the going back into the pureness of light and going back into the pureness of energy and love, um, I suppose people will find whatever guidance they need, be it from the ancestors or being it from the angels and guardians and guides. I mentioned you don't mention guardians and guides. Is it because it's more you're more specific with the angels, or is there a difference in your terminology? I, I mean, I have a chapter in my book when I, I talk about um, the 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 process that I describe in listening to angels also applies to um, ascended masters and other spirit guides, and um, and I do have those connections as well. Um, I just have had more experience with the angels, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a fascinating it's such a fascinating area and it's it's wonderful that you're able to tap into them which brings me to the question of sometimes I imagine that people will sense angels, they will hear angels, they will feel angels. And does your does your book talk about people being able to find their way of of being able to engage with their angels? Well, with the um, the process that the angels asked me to put in the book um, has five steps to it, and it can be you know flexible enough that it can be um, modified to, for anyone to to use it in whatever they want. But just to there is a piece of it where Asking is the first step, and that asking includes awareness that it is possible, and then and in setting an intention. And then with the next step is being open, opening your heart, and the more you can open to your heart and understand the love you are the greater you can open up to the love that they they share. And then the, the listening and um, the actions that require the discernment and really distinguishing between what is uh, perhaps your ego talking or your conditioning or that sort of thing and what is really coming from the angels. And then um, the one, the fourth step is thanking them and really being grateful for the relationship because that opens your heart further to greater communication. And 
that just following those steps allows you to modify it to um, you know what works for you, and then at times it it does help to feel you get stuck or you're not sure than trying to work with somebody else who is more knowledgeable but mm-hmm. um I know in the my last play shop people were talking about various signs that they get just to don't necessarily have to experience either in words or in image uh, visuals but so many people see feathers as a sign um the the digital repeating numbers on a clock will um, people feel are angelically inspired and uh, trying to think of some of the other signs that they were there were people sometimes see colors that they feel are connected to their angels and um, so People do experience them in different ways. But I think once we have an experience that we can't really explain <laughs> and mm-hmm. we go into meditation around it, that uh, we can usually feel the love that's connected and, and know that that's angelic. Have you heard any? Have you heard anything from... From your angels in regards to where we are right now as a culture and as a world with the division and what because I because I really feel that there's there's always something so much bigger than what we can see going on mm-hmm. in the spiritual realm in the divine and wondered if you had gotten any any information or insights as to what how it is and why it is that we are where we are right now. Well, what they have been telling me is that um, it's it's a time that we, you know, we need those of us who um, know we're light workers that it's. It's calling for us to really walk our talk and to shine our light. And culturally, really all of humanity is still in a state of learning from pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, A client I had today just talked about a book about learning to live from joy, and I've heard that from my angels and other people as well, um, that it, it, it we need to bring into our awareness that we can learn from joy and we don't have to learn from suffering, but most of humanity are still in that mindset. And it's... Um, It's a time of shift, and we may experience some things, many things like we are, that are um, uncomfortable, worrying, fearful, and uh, but it we really need 
as we move through them, the more we can just focus on what is good, what brings Mm -hmm. us joy, and how we can shine our light and bring that love and joy to others. Um, Then there is something about raising the vibration (laughs) and helping that clear out lower vibrations. I'm thinking yeah, of they have I'm thinking of my own Pardon me? They they have been supportive to me when I've asked them and, and that's the the encouragement that they give me. It's like yes, we recognize there are some very painful experiences going on and where you need to focus on is how you can shine your light and bring your love. Hmm. And they'll support you every step of the way. I was recalling on being raised being raised Catholic and how we always, on Sunday or at catechism, used to always look at the angels. And it was, never, it was never something that was inside of us or really ours to take. At least that's what the teachings were that I got. It was a long, long time ago. And it's really interesting how many times folks look outside themselves rather mm-hmm. than inside and so with that Uh question do you feel like the angels are outside of us or is it a part of us that that we're activating that's a good question because there i have the understanding that you know in some regard we are all one and then there is the understanding that we each have a unique spark. And as we, you know, live our human lives and we get connected to that unique part of ourselves that has, um, you know, specific purpose, specific abilities and talents, um, that to that uniqueness and in the same way mm-hmm. you know the angels are beings so in some way they are outside but they're they're also connected just as we are all connected so um that that's as good an answer as i can come up with because i think it's very complex to really understand what this oneness idea is all about. <laughs> but there, I feel yeah. there's truth to it. It's just, mm-hmm. but there, there's a lot more than that. So um, that's where I am on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That was very clear, and um, I appreciate you giving thought to that question because it's, it's not always easy to know where these things come from. And, um, and it's also important to recognize that we are deeply connected to the upper realms. Right. Um, I mean, I, I, sure. uh, I go to a unity church, and there the idea is that there is one power and one presence. And mm-hmm. I have learned to pray from that perspective. And it's hard because we're so used to praying to the God outside of us. <laughs> so uh, I've been working on this idea for a while, and it's hard to fully grasp, but um, there's some benefit in, in at least trying to. 
Yes, unity. You and I are fellow unity people. Um, oh, I love the 12, 12 powers that they talk about. It's, it's such yeah. a beautiful reminder or the 12 gifts um, that we have inside of us. So with, with us talking, what do you sense the angels, and you talked a little bit about it before, but maybe with, with more depth, that the angels would like us most to know about them? I, Are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm just trying to think. Of, of, I'm trying to tune in, really. And um, But what came to me... They really want us to be in touch with that divine spark that I was talking about and to mm-hmm. live from that place and and to um, when we're living in alignment with what we feel is um you know, our source or, you know, what is the divine. And in doing that, connecting, I mean, they will help us. If we're out of alignment, they will help us get in alignment. And um, that's what we're intended to do. So, hmm I I think about the whole concept of free will, and then there's another great term that says won't will. There's no such thing as free will, only won't will. So we can be handed something, and then we uh, get to decide through our free okay. will. And <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> I won't do that. I won't do that. And so I'm thinking about how you talk about how you talk about the angels wanting us to live in joy, wanting us to be in alignment and to remember in many ways where we've come from and how, how many times people can be very attached and very committed to their stories, their trauma, their woundedness, as if it gives them purpose and reason and um, Certainly, I'm I'm not putting them down. I've I've worked with many folks who have patterns that are so deeply entwined in their identity that it's difficult for them to recognize there's something more than them other than their suffering. And so, with that, if you worked with an individual who came to you and was really wanting to be able to hear more deeply and clearly, and to cast off anything that they've been carrying, like addictions or ongoing trauma, abuse, et cetera, um, how would you be able to help them begin to make those steps forward? Well, I think when you talked about identifying with them, I most people don't necessarily know how tied up um, they are in the identity of what they've experienced, and just being aware of that, I think, helps. So that they're they are not their trauma, they are not their you know, whatever, and um, just 
with that awareness, then there is the possibility of letting it go. Mm. um, Does that make sense? Does it? Yes, it totally, and that leads perfectly into the next question of what advice or suggestion, and this may be similar to what I asked, would you give someone who is just beginning the process and is having difficulty tapping in Mm. to their angels and their guidance? It's similar to um, the practice of meditation that mm-hmm. it, it can uh, take some time and that there really isn't a right way to do it so don't try to figure out you know am I doing this right <laughs> um, just the more that we can get out of our mental activity the better so how do we do it and, you know whatever way works for meditation might work for this and I've also taught meditation classes and I know that people have different kinds of difficulties sometimes people just don't want to sit still so if they try to meditate while they're they're walking they might have more success Mm -hmm. Um, so I I would just tell somebody that um, just to bring patience and and kindness to their own process. Um, if they catch themselves judging, it's like, oh, I, I'm not hearing any angels. I can't do this or whatever. Um, just to to let go of any of those judging thoughts and. I just would reassure them that they, the angels are there and they do want to communicate, so they will find a way to be open to signs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and signs may... Excuse me. Signs like, you know, like the feathers I saw, the, the um, digital, the repeating numbers on digital clocks, um, sometimes numbers on receipts, well, you know, They'll be repeating numbers there. And 444 is one that's definitely represented for angels. But other repeating decimals have some connection, and they are a way that angels speak to us. So And they can also be letting speak go in the form of people? Mm-hmm. Say that again, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, and I got you in mid-sentence. <laughs> Um, pe- angels can often show up as other people, or is it more uh, from the digital with numbers or the feathers? No, or uh, yes, yeah. no, there are stories of, um, of angel people uh, coming to you know rescue, and, and then nobody can find them again. So there is uh, an understanding that. They were an angel in human form, and then there are people who embody angel energy. And um, Doreen Virtue, who has written lots of books, has 
written about earth angels and the various types of, I mean, there are all sorts. She said, you know, people gather around that topic and then they've grouped and and found, well, I've got this variation and this, <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Um, so, yeah. so I think just being the, the second step in terms of opening, uh, opening our hearts and opening up to the possibility of them showing up in different ways than we thought they would. So, mm. yeah. And wow. you know, sometimes people might have energetic blocks, so it you know doesn't hurt to um, connect with somebody who is able to do that to see if there's a you know, something like that blocking. Right. Right. And getting cleared and then being able to be an open channel, so to speak. Sure. So yeah. I'm I'm mindful of the time. You and I talked about um, stopping about quarter to four um, and wondered in these next couple of minutes if there's anything that you would like to tell the listeners, um, any tips or ways folks can get a hold of you? Well, um, my my uh, website is just my name.com, liliashoshanaray.com. And my book is available on Amazon if they want to uh, get that and, and read that. And um, I... I think that's all I have at this point. Uh, I I do hope to <laughs> develop some um, online. I, I've been having such a great time with the angel play shops that I've had in person that I hope to have some that I can do online And because I have seen how people just love to share their stories and feel enriched by hearing others' stories. So... Oh, that, that will be wonderful, and I wish you all the best, and I'm glad that we were able to finally connect. I'm sorry it took a little bit to have this happen. That's okay. Things happen, but I think the angels wanted us to do it on Valentine's Day since they're all about love. So. <laughs> and isn't that? So with that, I wish you a very, very happy Valentine's Day to you Thank and your you. loved ones. And um, really appreciate you taking the time and the work that you're doing in the world is so important. And well, I support you, you as best I can. So Thank you so much. And dear listeners, thank you for listening in today. Um, next week, the, the 21st, I will be interviewing Lauren Parati, who did her story called Ignite the Fire of Your Purpose, Passion, and Power. So please join us next week for that. And again, if you're not able to be on our show, you can go ahead and go to our archive shows at AuthenticMessengers.com. Today is beautiful Valentine's Day, and hopefully we can have a Valentine's Day every day rather than just having one day. And with that, be kind to yourself, be loving, 
be kind to others and know that this and everything has a reason, even though we might not be able to see it. So take good care of all of you. Thank you again. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye.